0: Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click or just stop
0: by. Granger for the
1: ones who get it done.
0: Welcome to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, private wealth advisor with Align Wealth Management. And boy, do we have a great show for you today, February 4th, 2022. Uh, if you had Groundhog Day, it looks like maybe we may be dodging some of this, but if you're living uh, in middle America like we are, The world is white, full of ice, and along with that, white was a lot of red on the screen. Yesterday in the market, uh, up until uh, Thursday, we had put together a four-day winning uh, session that was the best, uh, going back almost a year and a half into 2020, but a large social media company had some uh, very bad earnings call uh, after hours on Wednesday, and that put the kibosh uh, on markets uh, on Thursday. Uh, as mentioned, we've had a very volatile January, February had started off well until that earnings, uh, which kind of came out of left field and, uh, caught people flat footed and may just be a very good reason or an excuse to sell. Um, uh, the 10 year treasury went back over 1.8 up, uh, about 61, you know, 0.61% to 1.827. Uh, previously, uh, you know, we've been at about 1.76, uh, on the ten-year, so anytime we've had a uh, you know, six basis point move uh, on that, we've had a lot of red on the screen going back um, into earlier February. Our commodity um, deeper examination, if you will, sees uh, West Texas uh, Intermediate crude over ninety dollars for the first time in a long time at ninety fourteen. Uh, gold is off, uh, but not by much at eighteen oh five an ounce. Our commodity du jour. Uh, lumber bouncing off of you know low nine hundreds this week, up uh, limit up uh, on um, Thursday session up forty five dollars to about thousand twenty five dollars per board feet. Uh, as I said, we've had a, a mixed bag uh, this week. Uh, really good uh, action up until uh, Thursday. And then the earnings uh, for that company has kind of put a little bit of a scare into the markets. Big news this week. AT&T is going to rethink its dividend strategy as it spins off its uh, content company. And also uh, very, very big earnings beat by Google uh, this week to go along with what Apple and Microsoft had done. And Amazon has uh, delivered earnings after the bell as well. As I stated we were down about uh, almost 500 points on the Nasdaq and Dow on Thursday about 100 on the S&P uh, as we had a 4-day winning session going into that. Uh, around the world markets are a little bit mixed uh, as we go into February and on today's show we've got a deeper dive into the healthcare sector. We answer your questions uh, as it pertains to investment um earnings calls that came in this week. It was a very timely question. And then on the financial planning front, we're going to look at some basics and important factors of estate planning. Keep listening right here to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And we'll be back in 60 seconds.
1: What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Merri-Prize financial advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and in our investment spotlight segment today, we're going to be taking a look at healthcare. care, uh, some information brought to us by our friends at Ameriprise Financial, and always uh, this isn't a, uh, a solicitation to buy or sell any securities, but looking at kind of a sector and an investment theme uh, that has... Uh, Perhaps caught our attention, and typically we're going to talk about healthcare today because uh, if you've been watching the markets, you know it's been a very volatile start to the year. After about uh, 16 months uh, with not much volatility, historically healthcare has played one of the most important roles when looking at defensive sectors, and um, it's very, uh, very, very important to kind of know more sector by sector and what's happening uh, specifically. You know, Some investment houses have upgraded health care um, because of the innovation profile that's going on there, reasonable valuations, and relatively uh, benign government and regulatory outlook. And um, additionally, this sector should continue to benefit from pandemic-related volume for vaccines, therapeutics, and diagnostic products over the year ahead. In Ameriprise's view, as these markets mature, best in class products could be the more durable longer term revenue streams. However, healthcare sector returns were negative almost 7% during the month of January. Which trailed the negative 5.2% return of the SP 500 in general. While the sector and broader market shrugged off a new coronavirus variant and increased COVID-19 case and hospitalizations in late 2021, overextended growth stocks led the market and sector lower during the month of January. At the industry level, the healthcare providers and services group was the most resilient with a minus 4.6% return for the month and healthcare equipment and supplies was down almost 10% and was the laggard as valuations contracted and visibility of a Q1-22 recovery in medical procedures remains clouded by COVID-19 hospitalizations and lingering provider staffing challenges. Ameriprise continued to hold the view that healthcare utilization and volume will eventually normalize. Volume in the fourth quarter dipped as the Omicron variant fueled spikes in cases negatively and impacted results. The path of the pandemic and potential new virus variants will influence the timing and degree of the utilization recovery. Our current thinking is that utilization normalizes in the second quarter of 2022 as the current wave of COVID-19 hospitalization wanes. In Washington, the proposals allowing Medicare to negotiate directly with pharmaceutical companies on certain products appear unlikely to pass, which is highly unusual, Congress. Therefore, we believe the government and regulatory backdrop for the sector appears benign for twenty twenty two and potentially be beyond, depending on the midterm election results. So how do the valuations look? The healthcare sector has consistently traded at a discount to the S P five hundred over the past five years. Currently the S P five hundred trades at twenty one point two times forward twelve month fact set consensus earnings estimates compared to seventeen point one for the S P five hundred healthcare subsector 2022 fact set consensus eps estimates imply approximately 8.3 percent year-over-year growth for the sector compared to 9.2 percent for the s&p 500 at the industry group level valuations appear most attractive relative to historic three and five-year averages for the pharma biotech group and specifically in looking at that uh, their five-year pe is about 14.5 and if you think about the uh operation warp speed and all the um, developments that took place with science from two thousand twenty till now, uh those were all led by biotechnology companies. Uh healthcare provider and services did have the lowest five year average PE at fourteen. Healthcare healthcare equipment and supplies had the highest at twenty four and a half. Um, generally uh this is uh depending on some high flying stocks But keep in mind this, uh, if you're worried about inflation, another way to think about the healthcare sector is, especially if you look at any of your EOBs, there's not many industrial sectors out there in the economy that routinely pass on high single-digit, if not double-digit price increases to their customers year over year. Uh, you know, we're a small business, and I can tell you I think our health insurance has averaged double-digit increases year over year, and that's with increasing your out-of-pocket expenses. If you do look at your EOBs when they come in the mail, uh, you can almost stroke out with what the top-line charges are uh, coming from um, hospitals and the like. So inflation's, if inflation is a worry of yours and you've been thinking about, gosh, what businesses um, – can handle inflation and what businesses can pass on these types of expenses. Healthcare would be uh, an area that definitely has shown a propensity to do that. You know, through midweek, uh, the healthcare sector year to date was down about six and a half percent, and device makers definitely um, have harped. And the other piece with healthcare to consider uh, is the demographic tidal wave that that's coming uh healthcare providers ways uh that's the baby boomers are getting older uh gen x behind them uh, is not a small generation either so uh and it does appear for some of the more expensive procedures such as joint replacements the ages that people are getting these now are younger and younger and younger it's true that preventative medicine uh is the cheapest but in america in general, and our part of the country specifically, uh, the old axiom that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure may not have sunk in yet. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And we'll be back with our financial planning segment next after a word from our sponsors.
1: When today is unpredictable. You need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky.
0: Hello and welcome back to Financial Friday's Brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the financial planning segment of the show where we will today take a deeper dive into what I would call kind of the blocking and tackling of estate planning issues. Uh, this is something that we cover from time to time. And as, uh, as I always say, uh, you know, we are not attorneys and this isn't legal advice. If you are in need of estate planning, always work, um, with a licensed attorney who specializes in estate planning and a certified financial planner who, through the work of a comprehensive financial plan, can be a real asset to sit down with your lawyer to help make your estate plan work in a way that is uh, very uh, seamless, transparent, and quick for your heirs. So the first thing when it comes to estate planning, uh, clients often think, uh, they've got one word in their mind or two words, and that is wills or trust. So we always like to kind of back the car up, so to speak, when it comes to estate planning and start with uh, really the ground level is how assets are owned, because wills and trusts may not work the way you think they should if your assets are not owned correctly. And you may say, Drew, what, what do you mean by this? I don't quite understand it. Well, keep in mind, if, if you and your spouse or you and a sibling, you and a child own anything together in what's called joint with uh, rights of survivorship, uh, when one party of that joint with rights of survivorship ownership chain passes away, the other party uh, becomes the owner um, on, on a joint account. Uh those are assets that, by right of ownership, uh, typically do not fall into probate, would not be subject to the will um, in most cases, and they pass just directly from one owner to the next. Now, most often, this can come as a surprise to people, especially if they've done very uh, serious estate planning with wills and trusts, but never changed or updated the ownership of certain assets. Now, the most common types of assets, uh, obviously, let's start with checking and savings accounts that might be in joint name with rights of survivorship. Uh, And and we say this because uh, really it's not the financial services industry's strongest suit, but a lot of times the default to opening an account for two people is joint with Rise of survivorship. So if you know you have an intricate estate plan or want something to be done differently or assets to go through your will, uh, you need to stop right there when you open up an account to make sure it's the ownership that would make that operation feasible. Uh, another time where we'll see a lot of mixed ownership is on the old Series E or Double E United States savings bonds. And This is a little bit more complicated because a lot of times it may be ownership between a grandparent and a grandchild. It may be an ownership uh, between a parent and a child. But I think you get the uh, picture that more often than not, this can be a multi-generational asset. uh, As uh, years ago, that's how people, you know, wanted to put money back for kids' colleges, grandkids' colleges, nieces, nephews, et cetera. So. First things first, look at the ownership of your assets and see how they are. And if you've worked with a certified financial planner who's a fiduciary that's done a comprehensive plan, you should have a catalog of not only what your assets are but how they're owned. Set down with your attorney, and then they can get into the specifics of what a will does, what a trust does, uh, what is the impact of not having a will. Uh, If you don't have a will, uh, you – I would say the state that you live in has one for you. And typically I think the legal term for that is dying intestate without a will. So each state has their state statutes of what they consider to be, um, how an estate should be distributed and they may or may not go along, uh, with what, with your plans. Um, you know, Kentucky, for example, typically, uh, a person without a will, a lot of assets would be split between a spouse and children. Uh, that may not be exactly how you want things done and um you also need to look at the definition of children uh as opposed to just um you know maybe naming children or grandchildren by name specifically so that's one thing to consider uh is if you don't have a will the state that you live in has a will for you so know those rules uh, another thing that, that that's quite a question comes up uh, about either death or estate taxes typically states may have a death tax and kentucky again for example the death tax comes into play based on who might be the beneficiary of a certain estate and how they're related to the decedent that means the person that passed away uh, to make a long story tolerable uh the longer you are away from the decedent in forms of family uh the more taxes you're going to have to pay or the estate will pay on the assets coming your way. Uh, typically spouses and children uh, in a lot of states don't have to pay state death tax. But once you get out past that uh, nuclear family to uh, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, et cetera, you could be looking at some pretty uh, expensive uh, items. This comes in uh, a lot with people who uh, uh, have uh, lived and, and had no children. Uh, now, a lot of these people obviously are very private. Uh, they don't really want to uh, share with, with other people. But as a family member, if you're an niece or nephew, you can kind of broach that subject. And it's a lot of times it will save someone a lot of money by sitting down and looking at the issues that deal with estates uh, that are inherited by um, non lineal uh, descendants in, in certain states. Uh, when it comes to federal estate tax, that's a whole other bailiwick. And depending on where you are uh, – Situated with that estate, you know, currently uh, there's an estate tax that's calculated, but everyone has over an eleven million dollar credit on estate taxes. Currently, I know the uh, administration in, in Washington is looking to lower that, but essentially, uh, you may have a ten million dollar estate, but uh, you have an eleven million dollar plus credit to take away any taxes due on that estate. Now, keep in mind, this goes back to ownership uh, and wills, if You're married, and you have uh, a spouse, and you both have $10 million, and you own it individually, uh, but your will says, I love you. You get everything of mine and and, and vice versa. Once the first person dies, uh, unless something happens to to stop this, the second person will now have a $20 million estate and only an $11 million-plus estate exemption, Um, let's say, in 2021. And if you're listening at home, you can kind of follow along and see where trouble might begin to happen. Uh, One of the most famous cases is we did have a year not too long ago where the federal estate tax was abolished. And uh, a famous death that year was uh, George Steinbrenner, owner of the New York Yankees. So he was able to pass uh, his entire estate without any taxes. Uh, but, But keep in mind, and this is very important, certain things happen also at death that could put your beneficiaries in a better position than they might be today. Currently, there is a step-up in cost basis at death of uh, after-tax assets. That means if you've been holding on to that Apple stock uh, that you bought when uh, Steve Jobs and Wozniak were working out of a garage and it's now worth uh, $10 million and you paid $1,000 for it and you don't want to sell it because of your uh, capital gains liability – uh, currently, with a step-up in cost basis, your heirs get that stock uh, valued at whatever it was, the date of your death, or you can choose an alternate valuation date. But I think you get the picture. This is a very key component of a state tax law. Uh, fast forward, let's say it's not Apple stock, but it's the old farm place, uh, 100 or 200 acres, that now is in the middle of a busy uh, – Development area and uh, developers have been uh, knocking down your parents' door for years or your aunt and uncle's door to sell it, but they don't want to because of the taxes. So when Congress talks about looking at the estate tax, you know, it's not always what you don't hear uh, that, that could get you into trouble. The step up in cost basis may be just as important, and for most families, I would dare to say more important than the large estate tax exemption, because I think most people would love to have a $22 million estate to, to shelter, but they may have a family farm that's gone from multi-generations uh, that hasn't been sold because of the taxes, that if they can get that with no income taxes, uh, that's going to save them a lot of money. And I would say most Americans are more impacted positively by the step-up and cost basis than by the large estate tax exemption. So when you're listening to our government in action, keep in mind uh, you've got to really carefully uh, parse their words to see where they're going with this. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here, brought to you by Align Wealth Management, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsor.
1: What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the email bag segment where we answer your questions that you've sent in over the last week. And as a reminder, you can email me, reach me at william.a.watson at ampf.com. And today's uh, question is very timely as it relates to why do earnings impact stocks so much and why do we have so much volatility with those uh the question was specifically around a social media company uh, and as we don't uh make any solicitations to buy or sell stocks here it'll remain nameless but to answer your question in a uh, <clears throat> holistic sense and I we appreciate it uh earnings really and earnings reports are typically um four times a year as they come out quarterly uh a time to check in and, if you will, get a grade card from a certain company. And if uh, that said company has something unusual happen in the earnings report, whether it be unusually uh, optimistic or much better than expected or unusually dire, you can get wild swings in stock prices based off the earnings reports. Also, it's not uncommon depending on what's going on in the market in general. And as you uh, heard me say that we've had – a uh, relatively mixed tape this week with uh, all the way up until Thursday being uh, a good four-day winning session for us in these markets. Uh, So not necessarily all the moves that happen to stock prices uh, the next day have to do with earnings. But certainly you can take a look at what goes into an earnings report and, and see. First and foremost, uh, numbers by themselves are worthless. You want to know what the comparables are. And the comparables when it comes to companies' earnings typically are what did they do in this same quarter of the year before and years previous in order to get some type of trend on whether the company is growing or contracting and where are they on a year to date basis uh, versus the same time a year ago? And where does that put it as it regards a trend? Uh, it's not uh, crazy to think some businesses are seasonal. Think retail sales uh, with Christmas time versus the rest of the year. And if you are evaluating companies on a company by company basis, uh, it is um, incumbent upon you to know the numbers first and foremost so when the earnings come out, you can make a good analysis yourself, and that analysis is only as good as the numbers you have that to compare it to. Uh, his, history is rife with earnings announcements that have kind of set off alarm bells with companies, uh, t- especially uh, in the early 2000s and around the dot-com bust, uh, earnings reports that would uh, you know, announce massive accounting irregularities. Um, now, I would say it's Not uncommon or not unheard of that companies may make major announcements between earnings reports, and most of those typically historically have been probably um, negative contextually. But companies do have a duty to report uh, and make things public as soon as they can. Also, if companies are in the midst of major changes in their fundamental business models, earnings reports can uh, be a window to look into how these changes are faring within the larger organizations if you followed some of the media companies uh that used to be legacy telephone operators it does appear that people are chasing content they may be changing direction uh as the uh, aforementioned social media company um <clears throat> you know they typically are looking to make major changes in their business model. And these earnings reports can give a glimpse into what is going on, if not for the fact of concrete results, but what the companies themselves expect to spend or invest in these changes and what they expect their returns to be. Uh, it's would be very uncommon for a chief financial officer or chief executive officer to go into an earnings report announcing a major investment without uh, also having uh, the figure for what they expect to gain because of the major investment um, following suit. I think depending on what type of earnings call it is and if there's a lot of questions and answers – it also can be a time for companies, especially the chief financial officers, to clarify things that may be questionable in their accounting practices. Now, that's not to say that they may be performing accounting practices that are, uh, questionable, but it, it could be to get more clarity around write-offs, um, expenses, et cetera. And all of those, uh, depreciation and write-offs go into what's called EBITDA, which is earnings before interest taxes depreciation and amortization businesses are always changing just by the nature of being in business especially in this crazy world that we're in and earnings reports are that window to look into the engine literally as it's running uh, as an investor and a student investor use that as a uh, i would say an analytical tool or a barometer to see how that engine is running uh, just like if you're driving down the highway at 70 miles an hour, you're looking at your gauges to see, okay, what's the temperature of the water? How's the oil? How's my gasoline? Uh, how's my gas mileage? That's what earnings calls do and give us that really great glimpse into how things are performing. Uh, as I stated, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. The surprises uh, typically uh, come in either way. Historically, for large mega cap corporations. You don't get much double-digit movement off earnings either way because they're just such large companies that it takes a lot to uh, turn an aircraft carrier around. But occasionally that does happen, and when it does, uh, it does make news. But I would leave this subject with the fact that you must have the comparables in order to make an educated decision on which way their earnings are going. Don't just take their word for it. Look at the numbers yourselves. And most importantly, when you can, look at the numbers of their nearest competitors or competitor. So uh, well, that could be Coke and Pepsi. Uh, it could be – you know th- those are just two examples. Uh, at and and Verizon is another example. So know who's in business with them. Look at their numbers for comparison's sake along with that entity's own numbers for the current quarter. You've been listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. We'll be back, same time, same station, next week. This is WOMI Owensboro.